Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. What is going on, Rush Nation? Welcome back to Fast Action Friday. It is the final week of the fantasy regular season. As you can see, Pitsy couldn't join us tonight, and Rob was nearly a um, late rollout as well for this one. What's going yeah. on, mate? <laughs> um, just been hit by the hit by the uh, by the flu bug the last few weeks. Um, so I am um, lens zipped up. I've got layers on. Um, got my water ready to go so yeah it's just what happens like the wear and tear of the season isn't it that's what we what you can find is that people will get illnesses as well and uh you just just got to keep going keep going on that's it i think everyone's a bit banged up by this time of the year anyway but without further ado let's jump straight into it with thursday night throwback It was the Raiders against the Rams last night, and it was the Rams that came out victorious for... It was a Baker Mayfield-led Rams, wasn't it, for for the most part? Um, Came in early in the game for John Wolford, who went down and who was questionable anyway, but came in, made completions, moving the chains, fizzled out in the middle a little bit, but it was a very, very nice ending. A 98-yard drive, 
ended with a touchdown to win the game. And talking to Baker Mayfield, this jumped straight into the QB coverage. Like I said, he replaced John Wolford early in the night. He went 22 of 35 for 230 yards, plus that passing touchdown to win the game. Bagged us 14.2 points. On the other side, Derek Carr, woeful. 11 of 20, 137 yards, two interceptions, no scores. Got you about four points. Yeah, the Raiders were quite lucky to hold on as long as they did, to be honest. That that opening drive from Jacobs, which we'll come to in a little bit. And then from then it was just field goals. And and like you say, the, the offense fizzled out in the middle of the game. And, and had you had anyone like turned the TV off with like three minutes to go in the game, they would have thought the Raiders had it comfortably in the bag. But no, turn turns out that that was not the case. And that's why the NFL is so good. Um a style that was expected to do well, but um, also had a bit of a, a, a vocal rivalry with Jalen Ramsey was Devontae Adams. He was kept very quiet during the game. Three receptions for 71 yards. You know, two of those were big chunk plays as well. It, was, it wasn't uh, anything outside of those receptions. Uh, Josh Jacobs saw the bulk of the uh, the carries with 27 carries, 99 yards, and then the opening touchdown. Turns out it was the only one of the night for the Raiders. And then Matt Collins was getting in on some of the, the running action as well. He had um, several sweeping runs to, to move the chains as well, which, which was uh, quite nice to get him involved in that part of the game. Uh, for the Rams, Cam Akers scored, in my eyes, a disputed touchdown. It's really difficult to see whether he, he crossed the goal line or not, but, but they gave it to him in the end. Uh, 42 yards and that touchdown off 12 carries. And then Ben Skoroniec, 7 of 8 for 89 yards. Van Jefferson with a winning touchdown, two completions of 44 yards. And then there's 2-2 Atwell as well. I felt like Mayfield did really well to build up that connection with those players in the game, considering he only turned up two weeks ago, uh, two two days ago, even. Yeah, it, I mean, it was a case of it wouldn't have mattered who was on the field, I don't think, for in terms of pass catchers. He had no choice but to use whoever was there. It, was, it would be a bit different if he had been with the offence when Cooper Cup was there, maybe, but... Yeah, he he done a fine job, Mayfield, I think. And Ben Skoronik had a really good night, didn't he, for him. But defensive coverage, two picks for the Rams, but that is literally all they came up with. The Raiders, they got four sacks on Baker, a false fumble that was recovered in the game as well. And that pretty much rounds off Thursday night throwback. Yeah, that... That one of the interceptions for the Rams came in the last play of the game as well. So if you had the Rams needing to get some DFS points, they could have done the business for you. Um, but we'll move on to the injury report. So a quick recap of the Thursday night injuries. Josh Jacobs uh, came into this game as questionable with some leg-based injuries uh, and actually went off several times, was questionable to return. One of them was uh, happened midway during the game, had a fumble, which turned out to be down by contact, but he came up holding his wrist or his, his hand, um, but then came back onto the field later on. So that's something that we will need to watch out for. Quarterback injuries, there were quite a few um, last week that popped up um, in some games. Lamar Jackson, for example, went off last week with a knee injury against the Broncos, and he hasn't practiced this week. So it's going to be Tyler Huntley looking like the starting quarterback for the Ravens. And for, for the ongoing, Geno Smith continued his comeback trail for the Seahawks, but he was limited with a shoulder injury this week. It'd be a shame if he missed out. And then Tua, 
he was limited with an ankle injury, went out towards the end of the game last week, and he's been limited uh, in practices so far. I, I literally just read about Josh Jacobs. It was um, He basically dislocated his pinky finger, Ooh. and they popped... They popped it back in and he had an MRI after that come back negative, which is great. But they're going to do further ones over the weekend, I suppose, and um, see where he's at with that. I thought, but it's it's better than it could be, definitely, mm. at this stage of the season. But running back, coming from talking about Josh Jacobs a little bit there, but Joe Mixon has been in the concussion protocol but he could return in a plus matchup against the Browns this week. He's slated to play, you know... Um, Zach Taylor's mentioned it as well, that Mixon's on the right path to play this weekend. Michael Carter with an ankle injury that missed week 13. Zonovan Knight done a lovely job in his short absence, Mm. but he hasn't actually been on the injury report all week for the Jets. Um, Mm. Someone who misses a game, you thought they would at least, even if it was a full participation, you thought they'd be on there, but he wasn't. And J.K. Dobbins, that knee injury that's seen him on the IR again, He's been doing well in practice this week. And John Harbour said before week 13 that week 14 is the target for return. So anybody with um, J.K. Dobbins currently in their IR spots, get ready because he, he could be playing this week. Yeah, that's going to be quite exciting as well. They had that short-lived return midway through the season. So to actually get him back after the operation uh, and a further operation... Um, could be the absolutely the right time to get that running game going again, especially with uh, Jackson looking like he's going to be out as well. Uh, wide receivers, Tyreek Hill was out with an illness on Thursday, but as long as he's able to do something in practice on Friday, he should be available for the game. Um, his wide receiver partner, Jalen Model, he was upgraded from limited on Wednesday to a full practice on Thursday, so it could be Waddle featuring uh, if Hill can't make it. And then Amari Cooper, he was limited on Thursday, which is bad news if Deshaun Watson wants to keep that pass attack alive. Didn't look the greatest uh, against the Texans. Um, and then finally, T. Higgins was listed as a, a limited participant on Thursday as well with a hamstring injury. We know about these hamstring injuries. They have been the plague of t- uh, players not getting as much time as fantasy uh, rosters would like. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like T. Higgins has been on the injury report for the Bengals most of the year, but he's just kind of got through it every week. They rest him just enough and he's kind of ready for the weekend. But moving on to tight ends, David Njoku. Now, he's missed three games this year, but none consecutively. So week eight, week 10 and week 13 because he missed last week again. But it's a different knee injury this time. He has been practising this week. Um, So that's a great sign for the weekend and... He's a plug-and-play tight end one, I think. Even more so if Amari Cooper misses time, I reckon. But the other one, Hayden Hurst with a calf injury, injured last week against the Chiefs. Zach Taylor says he is doubtful for Sunday. So I'd I'd make some uh, other kind of plans if you're rostering Hayden Hurst. Absolutely. One of of Pitsy's boys is Hayden Hurst. Mm. Um, Right. We shall move on to weak points. After having no buys in week 12, which was lovely to only a couple last week, it is by Mageddon again. Sorry for that phrase that is ridiculously overused. But we got the New Orleans Saints, the Atlanta Falcons, the Washington Commanders, the Indianapolis Colts, 
the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears all on a bye this week. So we, we do drop that in at the start of weak points, but it, it is a minefield. So I hope you've been hot on those waiver wires this week. But the weakest against quarterbacks anyway, it is still the Lions. It's come down a bit, about 0.7, 23.9 points per game. Now they face Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings, my Minnesota Vikings this weekend. And he's been a solid low-end QB one for most part of the year. Um the Titans are now second, 21.1. They face the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence. It could be a nice week for him and his pass catchers because we all know you have to go through the air to beat the Titans. The Dolphins have dropped out of the top three and the Raiders slipped down to that third spot. They played Baker Mayfield last night, who had an all right game as well. So that tells you everything you need to know, really. Yeah, it really does. Um, we'll move straight on to the running backs. Uh, the weakest against running backs are still the Texans. They have dropped down uh, nearly one fancy point per game. Um, so it's actually worth noting that this, is, this has been dropping in recent weeks. The last four games, they've only averaged 19.5 per game. So it's big chunk at the start that's having an effect on their, on their average score later on in the season. They've got the Cowboys and the Zeke Pollard one-two punch. Um, I think a lot of people have been pleased with how much Pollard is getting in terms of workload now. He's finally been able to show what he can do. Um, so you might see Zeke in the short game, might see Pollard making those big runs, but uh, looking good for them at the moment. Uh, and then the Browns, uh, again, they they have monitored, they've maintained at second, um, and they are up against the Bengals this week. You've already talked about potentially having Joe Mixon back, but Samaji P. Ryan has actually done well against weak uh, rush off it, uh, rush defences. So if uh, Deshaun Watson fails to sustain drives, we might see a lot of running plays from Cincy uh, coming in. And then uh, another drop to four. So Seahawks have dropped out the top three and they have been replaced by the Chargers who have conceded 25.1 points uh, per game. Uh, they are faced at the Miami and Mike McDaniel complex system there. So most uh, Wilson, I reckon there could be something in the cards there for them as well. If you've got Hill back, maybe you see some runs as well taken away from the running backs, but those two are pretty solid. Yeah, absolutely. And for the Texans as well, the the reason this one's interesting for me against the Cowboys is since they've been doing well the last sort of four or five weeks, they've not faced a team with two legitimate RB1 candidates. Do you know what I mean? I mean, um, when Jeff Wilson was against them, most of that missed the game. And even though they both had an RB1 week the week before. And that that's just what's interesting to me is that that one-two punch, it could pay dividends this week but weakest against wide receiver titans now pitsy would be really happy if he was here because the steelers have been up there for most of the season haven't they but the titans they have finally taken the top spot (laughs) 34.9 as mentioned with trevor lawrence it's a big week for the jaguars pass catchers zay jones had a great week his best ever week actually um a couple weeks ago Christian Kirk is there. He's still in the wide receiver one um, top 12 sort of picture. And even Marvin Jones, one of your guys, Rob, actually. You like him, don't you? Mm, I do, yeah. And dropping to second is the Steelers. 32.9 points per game. They face the Ravens in a divisional matchup. Tyler Huntley in at QB. No wide receivers really there. You've got Demarcus Robinson, but... 
it's going to be a Mark Andrews kind of game, isn't it? And the Lions drop out the top three, and it's the Vikings that replace them. They are three and four overall who face each other this weekend. 32.2 points allowed from the Vikings. It's got shootout written all over it. Um, I expect big weeks from Amon St. Brown and Justin Jefferson on this one. Yeah, you're probably going to see something like a 34-28 scoreline, something something like that. You know, it's going to be up there. Um, <clears throat> I feel like we're having a, a broken record talking about the tight ends uh, and like conceding points to tight ends because it just seems to be the same three every single week. Um, we talked about the Seahawks were top of the aisle last week. The Cardinals had the bye week. The Seahawks managed to take the chance to come down. So Cardinals are now top of the pile. They're facing the Pats. Johnny Smith has not done too much, so it's likely going to be Hunter Henry there. Uh, the Cardinals, like I said, they are facing the Panthers. No no real tight end of, of note here to, to put against them. T- Tommy Tremble, William Thomas. Those are the names of our of our tight ends there. And not really set the right with, the, with what they've done so far. And then the Dolphins, they are in third, but there, they have been creeping up the last few weeks, and now they've actually dropped down a little bit. They're on three fantasy points a game. They are against the Chargers. Gerald Everett could be a decent flex player. He could be a decent play. So, like I say, if, if Hurst is out and you've got Everett there, pop Everett in your lineup. Yeah, the Chargers are a, a real high passing volume offense. Um, Herbert's got the second most pass attempts in the league behind Tom Brady, and you know, Everett could be a good play, especially with all the guys back. He could be someone single coverage or man coverage and could be decent. But let's move on to Flex of the Week. So every week we give you someone who we think is worthy of a flex spot on your rosters and... You know, we dig a little bit deeper maybe, but I, I think I've um, potentially gone a little bit safe this week maybe, Rob. What do you think? Um, Possibly, possibly. Um... I, mean, I think it's a good play. Like when you think about some of the other players who feature in this position, you, you may think of him as a flex. Absolutely. Yeah, because coming off a buy and a down week the week before, Deonta Foreman is who I'm going for, everybody. So the Seahawks allow the fourth most fantasy points to running backs as it might have been mentioned in weak points, they moved out of the top three. But the last three games, they're allowing 168 rushing yards per game. We all know Deontay Foreman loves to get it done on the ground. He doesn't really have that pass-catching upside. They're also allowing an average of 32 carries per game. That is stupidly higher volume over them last three. Foreman is a pure workhorse. He will get it down on the done on the ground this week and um i don't see seattle being able to stop him no he's a powerful back isn't he he's uh mm. he's definitely a foil to christian mccaffrey when he was there he was the power back very much like derrick henry um and if yeah if the seahawks can't stop him then this could be really good for the um the play script for that game as well um <clears throat> i um i chose Khalif raymond last week and there was plenty of reasons why i thought he would do really well uh, I did not take into account DJ Chark coming back and doing as well as he did. So um, I'm going to take the easy way out here, and I'm just going to say DJ Chark. For <laughs> <laughs> the same reasons, high pass offense. We've already covered that um, 
the you know Jared Goff spreads the ball around really nicely. DJ Chark was quite a, a nice deep threat and you know got some some good yardage uh, from the from the completions he made. And yeah, we've already we've already mentioned that the Minnesota Vikings you know have given up a lot of points to the wide receiver position as well. So uh, if it comes to the shootout, I'm hoping that DJ Chark gets a piece of the action as well. Yeah, he's been all right. He's been uh, getting his fair share since he's been back, without a doubt. And uh, I-, I prefer it to Khalif Raymond, I think, from last week mm. in this matchup. And that-, that that's against my own team, you know. So yeah, yeah, but yeah. Well, the uh, the first the first pass, Jared Goff's first pass went to Khalif Raymond. I was like, oh, here we go, here we go. <laughs> he only got one other target in the completion in the whole game, so it was uh, it was a bit disheartened by how it started compared to how it finished. I mean, you hope I'm right with Foreman being a Panthers fan. I hope you're wrong with Chark being a Vikings <laughs> yeah. fan this weekend. But I think that is about it, mate, isn't it? Yeah. But short and sweet, it's Fast Action Friday. You can't expect anything else. Next week is the playoffs. So until then, keep rushing. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis, people who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PREP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.